Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. And welcome back to the Culture Classroom. Uh, Coach Torrey, we are blessed to have Alex Johnson in the uh podcast with us tonight. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Alex and I kind of struck up a conversation over Twitter, and then it manifested into an awesome conversation today. Uh, Athletic director, New Mexico. Uh, Man, Alex, thanks for being on the show tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, Coach Weaver, I can't wait to hear more about this character curriculum that uh, Coach Johnson has put together and that he's working on. So super excited you're in the classroom tonight, Alex. Thank you. Yeah, so as we get started, um, let's jump right into the culture curriculum because that's going to get a lot of us that are interested in these curriculum building. Um, You know, it's always when you start leadership talks, where do we start? Like what's what's point bullet point one, then what's one A, then what's two? Like so this culture curriculum, this character curriculum, uh, I'd love to see how it started because you've you've mentioned some people that I know personally um, that have helped you on this journey and I want to hear more about it on how it's going. Yeah, so um, long story short. Um, I'm not trying to be a, an ad tonight for the All In Sports Outreach podcast, but um, I'm really close friends with uh, Stuart Hardy, and um, he had me on the podcast almost a year ago um, to, I guess, upcoming here in January. Um, we struck up a relationship through another coach friend of mine who's in uh, Boise, Idaho, and he was like, man, you got to get Alex on the podcast. And um, long story short, Stuart kind of ignited a fire in me. Um just to do more with, with the, the platform that I have. Um, and then we played for a state championship last year. Our football team did. I was a part of the, um, that run ended up only losing two games that season. And I looked back on, um, you know, one of those losses being in the state title game. Um, we were up 10 at half, um, to a, a very talented private school from Albuquerque. Um, you know, as coaches, you guys have probably ran up the hill or whatever it looks like for you going to your locker room thinking, man, we got this one, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was very confident. Um, and one thing led to another, our all-state quarterback, he was actually the New Mexico player of the year at 3A. Um, it was a cold day, really cold. He, he had a ball popped loose. We were, we had, we actually stopped him on a three and out um, to start the second half and we were driving and he, at the end of about a 10 yard run, the ball popped loose and um, you could just feel this like wind come out of the sails, you know? Um, and then a couple plays later, we had a personal foul penalty and then we had three more and we went from being up 10 to down three within like three minutes. And, um, and then we also had a situation with our girls soccer team. They played in the state championship game. Um, very close game. I think it was, it was one nothing or something like that with about 30 seconds, three minutes to go in the first half, a fluke ball goes off our um, defender's shoulder into the net. And, and within a matter of three minutes, it w- we were down three to one. Um, and so I looked at that and I thought, like, what caused that? 
like, why did these small little segments in time affect our kids' performance so much? Um, and so COVID hits, honestly, just to be completely frank, I didn't have much else to do because we didn't really know what this thing was yet. Um, and so again, returning to my relationship with Stuart, um, that led me to a relationship with Jared Hunt. Uh, he's a friend of mine from Little River in Texas. He's someone who I look up to as a mentor, um, someone who, I mean, he's done a lot already at his young age too. And, and so I called him this summer and I was like, man, I'm trying to put together this character curriculum. I think we missed the boat here. I think we could have two state titles right now if we already did this. Not that that's the end goal, right? Um, that's a part of the process. You want to give that blue trophy and the red trophy, at least here in New Mexico. But um, he was like, man, here's what I got. Use it. Um, and you can use it until you're competing against me. So if you ever come back to Texas, um, you know, don't bring it with you. We'll have to come up with something else. But um, the, 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 really the idea behind it is I really don't care how many wins you have. I really don't care um, if you're playing the last game of the year, if you're not a good person when you leave my program. Mm. Um, I, I could care less about everything else. If, if, that, if that falls by the wayside, then I haven't done my job. So that's really the heart behind it. That's where it came from. Uh, and we'll get more into the meat of it. But um, I really think it's about just the relationships you build, both with adults that you confide in and care about, and then also relaying that to the kids. And then it kind of just comes full circle. And, you know, you mess it up, you do well with it, you fix it, and then you do it all over again. All right, so I'm going back, like, 2018, you you know, we had the game in the bag. And uh, Tori's heard this story before, but we left that game, and it was it was miserable because we had done all the work. We've put in – and JT knows our, our, our journey of how our culture's been. It's, it's ups, downs, left, rights. It's everywhere. But we thought we had 2018 figured out because we're going to win this championship. Well – we didn't know how to finish. And I think a big thing in culture and a big thing with teaching character ed and, you know, you can start people on this journey, but you got to tell them also how to finish it. Yep. And, you know, championships aren't, you know, the end result that you, everybody thinks about, yes, you want to win them, but it's how are those kids going to be when they leave your program? Well, for us, we failed them on how to finish because we didn't think that we led them enough on how to finish yeah. Uh, that season. So that's why it goes now. And I told JT, it's, you know, we're teaching them leadership of what, what character looks like, what leadership looks like, you know, how it looks, how it talks, how it acts. Um, that's one big thing that we're going to start doing a little bit more with our program. So I feel you with 2018, um, with our championship run, like one of those games you're supposed to win. But I think that loss has helped us build more intentional relationships with our kids to where now the byproduct last two years we've won, you know, and if we've lost, I, go ahead. I know it's funny you say that because so our quarterback was, like I said, he was a New Mexico 3A player of the year. Uh, he was selected by the local news station as the KRQE player of the year, all levels. Um, he ended up, he's at Western New Mexico now, um, begging to get a quarterback jersey because uh, they slotted him. It's funny, it's a small town, and so he, it's my favorite highlight of the year of our quarterback probably shouldn't be a highlight for a quarterback because it was one of his only two interceptions in the entire regular season. Um, he threw this pick. You could see on huddle the second he released it, he knew, oh, gosh, that was not where I wanted it to go. 
and I highlighted this actually for our, our the scouts looking at or not scouts but the uh, college coaches looking at him because it was like maybe our 40 yard line the pick was at their 40 and the kid from the other team of the district game comes around and then all of a sudden you see our quarterback I mean he hit him so hard after throwing the pick like he was not gonna let that kid score the kid was almost on the track mm. and he got up he got up and our coach gave him a little one of our coaches gave him a little high five but it was like he was he was furious at himself but he wasn't going to be the reason why we didn't you know had a right. touch on that play and so funny but the reason when you bring that up i've talked to him about like hey like do you ever think about that trophy being red instead of blue, you know, like whatever else? And he's like, coach, I'm so glad we didn't win that game because I have a healthy chip on my shoulder. I've, I think he's gained like 20 pounds in, in three months of being at Western. He's preparing for a Lone Star Conference uh, spring season this year. Um, but he told me, he said, I would have been cocky. I wouldn't have worked as hard. I definitely wouldn't have gained the weight I'm at. And I, and he's like, I just stay up there, and, and I, I'm the annoying guy that I'll go shag balls if I need to get, if that's what I need to get a red jersey uh, to partic- participate with the quarterbacks instead of just the DB. So that hunger that you're talking about, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's yeah. just, it changes you when you don't win that game, you know? So, yeah, full parallel. You know, I think, and, Anyone who spent any time coaching, any number of years coaching, has a story like that, right? Um, for us in our program, we're up 34 at halftime against our rival, and we found a way to lose that ball game. We gave up the opening kickoff in the second half, uh, returned for a touchdown, threw two interceptions that went for a touchdown, had a fumble later on. I mean, it was a perfect first half, followed by the perfect storm in the second half. Wow. And um, that springboarded our program. It, it's hard because we talked with our kids after the loss. Like that Monday, we bring them all back. They're all back at school. Of course, everyone around town knows what happened. But we talked about how that was the hardest thing any of us had to deal with outside of a death in our program. Because here we had our rival on the ropes, backed up, uh, and then couldn't close it out. And uh, we used that to springboard into two successful back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in almost 20 years in our program. Uh, And I think it comes down to this. You have to lose to win, right? Like, I love what you said about your player who he would have been lazy. He would have had this false sense of maturity. He would have had this sense of arrival. And as a result, he would have been complacent. He would have felt like he's arrived prematurely. Uh, So I think that's really important for anyone out there building a program, anyone out there trying to change a culture. You have to lose before you can win. I'm going to write that down. Give me two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you have to lose to win. And I guess that comes from knockaround guys. I don't know if any of our listeners have seen that movie, but I think about Vin Diesel. Uh, he's in the, the bar. They're looking for that guy to fight. And he's like, I've been in 500 street fights and he goes on that great montage, right? Where he's just talking about how I've got my butt kicked. How many fights have you been in? And it's like 500 is his number for what uh, the amount of fights that you have to be in before you can call yourself a tough guy. And I think we, our job as leaders and coaches, that's character, right? To get knocked down 500 times and continue to put yourself in the arena, to be in the arena 501 times. Uh, And I think Mm -hmm. about Teddy Roosevelt's great poem, The Man in the Arena, you know, with the face marred by blood and dust and sweat. And we continue to get up. And to me, when I think about competitive character, that's what I'm after. Yeah, you know, and JT Damon West, 
And when you were mm. saying all that, Damon West says it the best. You don't have to win all your fights, but you have to fight all your fights. And I think that's so true that there's so many things that people don't want to deal with when you start looking at the through the lens of character development and they want to put a blind eye to that doesn't matter. But, you know, you don't have to win them, but you have to fight them. That was that was my book of the year this year, and again, coming from the All in Sports Outreach podcast, the fact that Stuart got him on, that was the made of coffee bean, um, and a lot of that, it was like I had my character curriculum done, and then I went, wait, never mind, got to get this in here too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep, I like that. Let's dive into your, your curriculum a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and what it entails, um, and how maybe people can get their hands on it maybe. Um, or just some starting points. I think the biggest thing, so going into 2021, uh, this is our last episode of 2020. Um, So as we're finishing up 2020, I think a lot of coaches are going to want tangible things, uh, A, they can listen to and write down of how they can start a, uh, a character curriculum. How can they get started with, you know, 2021, everybody's going to want to either be in the, weight room, you know, losing the LBs from Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, but I know a lot of the coaches that listen to our podcast are going to be wanting to know how can I make my team better, not from being, uh, in the, not being in the weight room enough or, you know, because COVID hit and we had to do everything through zoom and you had, you weren't hands on with your players. How can I get some stuff to my kids to help them be better men that might help us win not only on the football field, basketball court, you know, baseball diamond, but they can help them win in life as well. So, um, again, this is I, one of my favorite quotes, um, and I don't even know who said it, but the, the best teachers are the best coaches, and the best coaches are the best thieves, right? Um, we, we see somebody else do it better than, than us before. Um, we take that with permission most of the time and then we put our own little sprinkle on it and then we go and try to execute it as good as we saw it done before us right mm-hmm. um, and so again all of this uh, most of it anyways is my own sprinkle on what me and Jared came up with together combination with Stuart um, and then obviously you know Jared will give full credit to um, trusting the process at SMU with Chad Morris because he got close proximity with him you know coach step at Arkansas um, and so this has been, and, and I love that too, because it's like what we're teaching these kids is the credit doesn't matter, right? Like that's the whole point. It's like this works for a reason. Why change it, right? So anyways, that's just a caveat. Um, but the, the problem that I assessed was um, we had reached levels of success in recent years that had not been realized in a very long time. It's a good problem to have, right? Um, we in new mexico we have something called i don't know if they do it in mississippi or iowa um but wherever you guys are at we have a director's cup and they rank you by state championships district championships wins losses you get deductions for ejections all that fun stuff um and we ended up actually at the end of last year even with covid ranked third in our state um in the director's cup standings small town new mexico middle of nowhere very underfunded not a lot of money we shouldn't have been there, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, but we were. And so I looked at it and thought, okay, we can still do, this is great, but we, we weren't hoisting that trophy at the end. 
Um, we still had some eject. We had multiple ejections in our state championship game because of frustration, breakdown, um, and there was a piece missing, right? Um, and so my whole thing was, if we're going to ask this of our student athletes, we must hold ourselves to that same standard. Um, and so that's where this really came from. Um, we called it the MVP process. Uh, MVP stands for mission, vision, and core principles. Um, kind of cliche, probably nothing you've heard that's new, but I believe every program needs a good mission. I think the vision is how you carry it out and the core principles are the, you know, the bullet points that keep you accountable in doing that. Um, and so our mission for the program, what I came up with as the most important key that, you know, kind of keeps the blinders on, we will prepare our warrior athletes for success on and off the field in the court for the rest of their lives. So again, I don't care what kind of person you are on the field or on the court. I care about what you do when I'm not looking at you. Right. Uh, and I might never know, I might never know what happens. Um, but to me, the proof is always in the pudding and it's going to come out eventually. Even if it doesn't come out to me, it's going to come out somewhere down the line. So that's the mission. We'll prepare our warrior athletes for success on and off the field and court for the rest of their lives. Um, and then the vision um, is, is six things. Um, number one, graduate. That might not be a very high standard in many districts, but again, I, I think I've given you guys an idea where, you know, small title one, pretty underfunded, poor, um, graduate. I don't care if you do anything else. You, that's, that's number one. Grades are first. Uh, number two, live out our mission statement for our program. So I, I, whatever you're doing with us, you also do off the court and off the field. Um, leave this place equipped with the quote-unquote tools for life. My key to there is um, you don't know if you want to come back if you never leave. So don't handcuff yourself to a place um, and have doubts and regrets if, man, if I would have gone somewhere else, um, I would have, you know, because even if you're supposed to come back, like a lot of people do come back here, you got to leave to know you want to come back or else you're always going to live with that doubt. Like, man, did I do it? Like, did I do everything I could to make myself into the best possible version of myself so that I can do basically whatever God has for me, you know, after this point in my life. Um, number four, have a great high school experience. Um, and, and you'll notice that's number four. There's six here. Um, I want our kids to enjoy their time in our program. You know, I don't want any of them to say, man, I would have played if that guy wasn't coaching. I would have played if, if that girl wouldn't have bullied me. I would have played, you know, I think transparency is really big. And so I don't, you know, and it's a small school. These kids are going to be playing multiple sports. They should, we are very big encouragers of multi-sport athletes. So I think in order to have that great high school experience, you have to engage that and you have to be willing to like practice that too as an administrator, as a coach. And then um, you'll notice number five, not even one, two, three, or four. I would love it if all our kids won a championship but it's not one, two, three, or four, you know, and, and really it could be flipped with six, which is execute all training sessions to our standard, which is best. So again, stealing something from the Bumblebee lifestyle in Little River, Texas, um, best is the standard. And if our standard is the best and best is the standard, we, we don't do it unless we're doing it at, at this level, right? Highest quality possible. So that's the vision. Graduate, live out our mission statement for our program, leave this place equipped with tools for life, have a great high school experience. Number five, win a championship. And six, I think it'd be interchangeable, maybe with even one through five, execute all training sessions or practices to our standard, which is best. So the mission, the vision, and then I picked out, uh, well, actually, I kept along with exactly what Coach Hunt uh, is doing over there in Little River. And um, the core principles were basically the idea is that you have five days in a week 
Um, so we need five words. And, and what I want our coaches to be doing with our kids is, okay, today is accountability Monday. Hey, uh, so-and-so, what's that mean to you? If they can't give me an answer to what that means, then either I'm failing as athletic director or, or our coaches are failing because they should be able to, they should be rolling their eyes with me like, gosh, coach, accountability. We say, we do what we say we will do. Why'd you ask me again? Because it might be annoying right now, but years down the road, you know, that's going to, it's, it's going to produce the dad who buys this, the diapers instead of the six pack, right? Because if you're accountable, um, you're doing what you say you're going to do. You're going to wake up for your job. You're not going to sleep through your alarm. You know, if you're a coach, you're going to take what your coaches did and say, man, I'm going to do that for somebody else. Right. Um, and so these are, those are the, what these core principles are. And again, they're, they're one for every day a week so that we can kind of instill it into them. And the coaches can select whatever day they want to use these words. Um, I'm more of an energy and work ethic Monday kind of guy, because I think that there's a lot of people who you wake up on Monday and, and I'm totally glass half full, not just that I'm hundred percent full. I think Monday is the best day of the week. You know, when I walk into that door on Monday, whether it's virtual or in person, um, I'm very clear, like, guys, what's up? Monday, best day of the week. Let's go kill this day, you know? Um, and so, anyways, those words are accountability, energy and work ethic, um, family, and I've broken that down, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys have probably seen this acronym. Uh, forget about me, I love you. I think that's what family stands for. Um, and then integrity and confidence, belief, and faith. So we cheated on the last one. We got three words in there, but I think that those three are really important. It's also a really good way to instill faith and um, from my mind's eye, um, not necessarily religious, but spiritual principles into what you're trying to do without also getting called up to the school board and losing your job. So, right. um, so yeah, again, those are, so the, the mission and then the six things that we have as goals for our kids is the vision. And then those principles that we preach every day, accountability, warriors do what we say we will do energy and work ethic warriors compete in everything we do family. Forget about me. I love you. Warriors always put the team first yourself second, maybe even third, uh, integrity warriors do the right thing at all times. And then, uh, corporate, uh, the last core principle is confidence, belief and faith warriors trust that our process will bring results. Um, so that's tried to be quick and summarize as, as much as I can, but that's really the mission and the vision and the principles that we really, you know, want to instill here. And I think what's cool about it is it's something that, um, you could take this thing anywhere, right? Like if, if you're a coach who, who's struggling and that's really why Jared hopped on board with me on this. He's like, man, we can't afford to have Damon West come and talk to our kids. We'd love that. Um, but we want to create a curriculum that can be sent out there to schools that want that change, but don't have the money or the funds to do it. Like, let's make this thing available all over the world. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the, the meat and the bones. And I can, I can send you guys a copy if you'd like to see it. Um, I think it's pretty great, but I also think it has very little to do with me. I think I'm just a vessel and it's something that God has put on my heart to, you know, to get out there and then tweak and, 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 and amend, uh, wherever he may see fit to have me. So. Well, I'm, I'm encouraged by this. Um, and I don't know how, if you're a coach on your staff, of how you don't jump on board with this um, because ultimately we want, we want to be what's best for our kids. And I love what you said about if best is the standard then the standard is best and, and that's it. Um, you know, a lot of people say the standard is the standard. Um, and 
Well, and then you have to define what the standard is. Well, yep. you know, what is it? So I love that you've pointed out that best is the standard. And, um, you know, as, as a culture guy, and JT, you can speak to this as well. I think there's so many people that, and I hate saying dabble in it, because I think Tim Kite would rake me over the coals, but a lot of coaches dabble in that that don't need to dabble in it because they don't know where to start or they don't know yeah. how to get it going or, or they compromise these these values, these visions, these principles for maybe this stud athlete because he's going to score on Friday night. But what has to happen yeah. – go ahead. No, I was just going to say – that, that's huge because we were there and we've had some resistance to it because we're still kind of there. Mm. Right. And I think that me and you've talked about that coach, like this ain't perfect. It's hard. Mm. It's super difficult. Um, the resistance comes from the doubters, right? The, the people who are like, well, this is the way we've always done it. Um, you know, I've experienced it firsthand, not to get too into it, but it's, there's always going to be the naysayers and, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but that's what you just struck a chord with me because there's also three words where I wanted my coaches to select what their core values were going to be based upon this curriculum. So there was some buy-in like, Hey, you guys don't all have to use these three words. What are your core values going to be? Mine personally are integrity, character, and leadership. Um, and I think those three build on each other, but what you're saying it's a very big deal to me because it's like this, it doesn't mean that like, like the whole dabbling thing. Like I felt like maybe I dabbled for a little bit and then I was like, well, if this is my calling, I better dive right into the, to the shallow or the deep end, you know? Um, and you also have to be prepared for the black, the backlash and not having everybody buy in. Yeah. Right. So anyways, I just wanted to add that to the conversation. No, go ahead. JT. No, no, I think it's really good. Uh, I wrote down best is the standard also coach Weaver. And uh, the reason why is if COVID's taught us anything, it's how fast our world can change and will change. And we need to be ready for it. Uh, I think back to March, April, our society was not ready for it. We all thought this was going to be short term. We'll kind of grind it out. Turns out it's long term, right? We're still dealing with it. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet, although we are starting to see things pick back up to normal. But what I love about best is the standard is that you can apply that anytime you need to. If it's best for kids, if it's best for your program, why wouldn't you do it, right? So if best is your standard and there's a better way to do it than what you're currently doing it, you don't need to wait till next season. You don't need to wait for the next research article to come out. You just do it because that's better than what you're currently doing. So I, I really like that. The other point that I want to speak to very quickly about values and this MVP process is coaches or leaders, anyone out there listening uh, who's interviewing for other jobs, this is becoming a more and more popular interview question right now in the coaching world. What are the things that you stand for? What are the things that I know that you're going to explicitly teach kids that maybe mm -hmm. aren't part of X's and O's? So yeah. if you haven't thought about your three values, uh, and Coach Johnson, I really appreciate how you challenged your coaching staff to kind of follow that and think about that. Because if you haven't put any time thinking about what three values define me, you are behind the curve and you <laughs> might lose your job or a potential job to someone who has that already thought out. Amen, brother. I got to say, too, while you're right here, uh, it had me laugh, but it's totally accountability. 
one of the things we teach accountability in our program by um, pointing to our wedding rings. So that's kind of how commitment, accountability kind of go together on that. But I love your line, Coach Johnson, of the dad who buys diapers <laughs> and not the six pack. Yeah. I just, I want to be that dad, you know? And, and I think, uh, I don't know. I, you spent, it's funny for me, you spend your whole life going, dad, like, okay, you're embarrassing me, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly he's the smartest dude in the world, right? Like my, my dad is, is that for me. Um, and I think I had a much better appreciation of it as a kid than many people do. And I don't think it took me getting smacked over the head many times to figure it out. But, um, my dad was the guy that he would have worked three jobs if he had to, to make sure that things were taken care of for his family, you know? Um, and, I think that, you know, as a Christian and a believer, there's something to be said about having that example of the ultimate father leading your family to, um, for sure. And that's something that it just won't ever go away for this family. Like my wife and I are on the same page with that. Um, and also the, the pecking order, we have two big brothers and then a little sister. Uh, so it's anything less will be unacceptable. <laughs> so it's funny that you caught that. I loved what you said in the pre-interview where you talked about how you really care about this and then it kind of ripped your heart out a little bit. I mean, because any culture builder has experienced that, right? Like you start to get the yeah. dominoes stacking up and then all of a sudden someone pulls the rug out from underneath you. Uh, yep. And so yeah. some of those dom dominoes topple or whatever. So I think it'd be refreshing to hear like how you keep going through some of these challenges. Because you got to think a lot of times, JT and, and Alex, like when you meet the resistance, sometimes it's just – I'm done. Like, I can't go anymore. I can't yep. do this anymore. Like, I've, I've done all this work. I'm going to just stop. To where you have, yep. like, gone full throttle and said, uh-uh, that's how it's going to be. This is what I stand on. This is what I believe. This is what's best for our kids. And I'm going to do it. Yep. Trying. In nah, spite you're... of COVID. <laughs> oh. Well, let's um, just start off with that. So talk... I guess to just start off with your resistance that you've had yeah. and how you've persevered and the challenge that you're having to deal with COVID and we'll play off of that. So, I, Yeah. So really, I think, you know, you guys introduced where I'm at, I'm in New Mexico. And so, um, I think that, um, it's hilarious. So we were on our way to attract me, um, back in March, loading the bus up, you know, one of my, our baseball team was heading down south for a tournament and we get the call from the track. It was one of the largest track meets in the state, you know, kind of like a showcase. Hey, we're not having anybody for you on Friday, uh, this COVID thing. We don't know what it is. We don't want to get people in close proximity. Um, and so that got canceled. It was on Friday. Baseball tournament gets sent home. Following Monday, we come back for one day and then the district gets sent home and we have not been back since. So um, I, I joke because I've made three versions of every sports schedule this year, um, deleted, started over twice. Um, you know, people are like, well, oh, man, it must be really nice. You know, you're at the building without the kids. You probably get more done. I'm like, heck no. I, my job this year is the hardest it's ever been because we have no idea what even tomorrow is going to bring. You know, and you guys, you guys are in the same profession as me. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um I think really, and this is going to sound so naive and maybe a little arrogant, I thought, this is COVID. 
it's the year to do all the crazy stuff, right? Like, let's just do it all. Let's throw it out there and see what sticks. And, and so my naive young self kind of thought, well, it can't be harder than COVID. You know, it can't be harder than having three kids. And, and I don't want to say I was wrong, um, but I was not expecting some of the resistance that I got because like both of you guys have pointed out, um, who wouldn't want what's best for kids? Mm. You know, I, I just, I don't know, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, cause we're all, we're, we are all fallible human beings. I actually tweeted this out like, like an hour ago. I was, I was running on the treadmill, getting my, my time in today, um, working out. And, and I thought to myself, it's amazing to me how much we can basically how much we can start doubting ourselves because of another imperfect human being calling us out when they don't really even really know us. Right. Like these fallible human beings come along and, and they tell us you're not, you, you can't do this, you know, Oh, this isn't even your character curriculum. This is Jared Hunt's. Uh, you're not original. You're just like recycling, you know? And so all those things pop up, especially when it doesn't succeed the first time through. Right. Um, and so I guess long winded way to say, there's always going to be resistance. There's always going to be somebody who says, um, we've always done it this way. Why would we change it? There's always going to be somebody who says, well, who are you? You're not from here. This isn't your town. Um, and then there's always going to be somebody who is maybe the, the quiet supporter, but you wish they'd jump out and be like, no, I got your back, right? Like, let's do this thing together. Um, and we were, I think me and you kind of spoke to that today, you know, like, it's not necessarily, you know, for me, it was very out in the open. I'll be frank. Like, it was like, no, nah, man, get this guy out of here. <laughs> um, but, but many times it's the, it's the hidden stuff that can really get in the way of what you're trying to do. And so anyways, I think that you really have to, you have to know your, you have to know your purpose in all of this for you to go through and persevere through those really difficult times. Cause if I didn't think this was my purpose, I would have already quit. I mean, I mean, I think I, if I didn't look at myself as a character builder, this thing would, I would have said, Hey, pay me out the rest of my salary. I'm going to go find another job, honestly. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of where I'm coming from with that. It's like, you got to really believe in it. Um, cause sometimes you're not going to see results and sometimes you lay the foundation, you leave, and then you see the results later on when a kid sends you a postcard to come to his wedding, right? Like that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think really shows the impact that you've made. Um, and sometimes you're just there to plant the seed mm -hmm. and maybe you don't see the thing through and somebody else does, but again, it's not about the credit. So those are some of the, that's the way I look at the challenges. You got to know your purpose to be able to persevere through the hard times. So, yeah, that's, that's so true. And I just think about our own culture journey. Uh, and JT has been, been on that journey with us as, as long as I've known him of, how we build it, why we build it. But then you have some people that are, if it does not produce the results of the championship, the winning season, then they're like, oh, pfft, save that other stuff for somebody else. I need, I need players, I need this. I'll compromise whatever as long as I can get the final score that I want. But then, yeah. you know, JT has this great saying and I've used it ever since he said it, it's just surrender the outcome surrender the outcome of whatever yeah. we want and do what's right. Do what's right for the program. Do what's right for the kids. Do what's right for, you know, the coaching staff. Like instead of the ulterior motive, do what's best for, and like you said, the best, like somebody, when somebody told you like, end at the best time, the kids aren't there. No, 
we're in this job because of kids. <laughs> That's why we're here. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, we're in the job of, of building up kids and making those young men into better men than we are uh, down the road. So uh, yep. I, I, yeah. I understand the frustration. Go ahead. No, I think that's what I like about character education, right? Is that we surrender the outcome, but your outcome's different. We're not talking about one score. We're not talking about one season. We're not talking about pursuing a championship. We're talking about kids. We're talking about young people. We're talking about investing in them. And anyone who's a parent or anyone who's coached like a special player or had a great relationship with other some of their athletes or students, you know you have to surrender the outcome. Eventually they leave the program, right? whether it's graduation or whether um, it's from another circumstance, uh, eventually you have to let kids take the tools that they get in your program and go apply them or don't apply them. Hope that they apply them, right? Like we are truly spectators once our kids leave our program. So I think that's a really important distinction. This is a short window of time to set them up for a greater purpose. Amen. Yeah, our principal says it best. He goes, and he talks about the kids that are like his own kids. And I thought about this with my kids. Like, we won't know how good we were as teachers, as parents, until they're our age. Yeah. Like, you won't know what kind of impact you had until they're your age, until they grow up and have their own kids, you know, because when they're in college, they're in college. When they're 21, 22, they're going to make the same, probably the dumb mistakes that we did. And, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what, that's well, what it turns into. But that's... You know, when we start thinking about kids, uh, I, I start thinking about Cade Carter, and you listen to that episode. And Cade's one of those okay. that he gets it. But for everyone that gets it, I think there's two or three that maybe don't get it. And it might that, even that, be a higher number than that. Yeah, and, and you wonder, sure. did I do my job? You know, we hear yep. the success stories of, of the Cades in, in this last episode, but, you know, that's well, that's what keeps us going, I think. And I think the other thing, too, that's really important that people need to hear more of, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Coach Johnson, on this, but um, it's easy to scrap 20 minutes of character building that you put into the practice plan when your offense is struggling and you need to get that third team in or you need to mix in a greater rotation or you put in two new plays this week and you really got to make sure that you rep them before the game. It's really easy to be like, oh, well, let's just – Let's cut character down to five minutes instead of 20 minutes, and then we'll get one extra offensive set in. Um, And so, again, it comes back to being intentional. What do you want? Do you want to win the game on Friday, or do you want to win the kid for the rest of their life? And then I think the second point, and it's funny you mentioned about tweeting because I tweeted this out earlier in the week, but you have to be greater than your haters, right? Like Mm. we all have haters in our life. And if you don't have haters, then you're not doing enough. That's kind of like what, what comes down to me. That's where I hang my hat. Um, and I talked about Vince Papali who once wrote the Drake relays, uh, really prestigious running event here in Iowa about competing as an at-large runner. And the relays wrote back to him and said, now we don't let jerks in off the street. And Papali framed that letter and it motivated him for the rest of his life. So be greater than your haters. Uh, I would say later on, like the Drake Relays weren't going to make Vince Papali, but the Philadelphia Eagles did. So yeah. um, I, I think it's great. And and to speak to that, just one quick other thing is that we tend to judge ourselves by our intentions. So when you think about your values and your MVP process, those are your intentions. Whether or mm-hmm. not you do it, whether or not you build it brick by brick, 
that's down to the daily basis or whatever. But those are our intentions. Other people, though, judge us by our actions. Yep. So that's a big distinction. You know, if, if we judged everybody by our intentions or didn't judge people, you know, it would be a lot different story. Yeah. The, the, that's the interesting. It's funny. A mentor of mine here who I'm very close with, he said, he said, Alex, like, I, I believe, you know, that you wanted what was best through this entire implementation of this process. There's nothing to do with that. I know your heart. I know you, but the, the road to hell is also paved with good intentions, right? Like, so it's just ironic you say that because I think a part of the execution and getting this process, and again, I'm young. It's like, I got time to learn this thing. I'm kind of glad I learned the lesson so early on in my career of what to do, what not to do. Um, but you mentioned, so you earlier too, I have to say this. So you mentioned that those kids, when you know, like I said, when they send you like a wedding invitation, Weaver, or, you know, you're not going to know how good they are until their parents or whatever else. Um, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. I've been three places in my young career, and there's one kid from every place. So there's three so far that have just stood out to me. Like, that kid is, I'm gonna, like, I'm going to be at his wedding. I'm going to be at his graduation. One of them's a girl, um, and then two guys. And, and I think it's interesting because if we judged ourselves based upon that number, kind of like pastors who get lost in how many people are attending their church, mm. we would have quit a long time ago because I only got three. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it doesn't mean that I didn't impact other ones, but those three are the ones who I got their phones numbers, their numbers saved in my phone. I check up on them all the time and they text me. So I just, I couldn't help but spring that up because I, I totally agree with you. It's like, it ain't a numbers game. And when we get to mm-hmm. heaven, you know, God willing someday, and we see the fruit, it's like, man, I had no idea that that conversation or that ride home changed that kid's life. And I might never know, and that's okay. Right. So, and I think that's where the heart of all of this really is for me, so. Hey, Mount Rushmore only has four presidents on it, so don't <laughs> feel so bad about being three. <laughs> yep, <laughs> amen. Coach Johnson, really appreciate your time in the classroom tonight, and I wanna leave on this note. I'm speaking to our listeners who maybe they're 25 and right out of college and just starting their coaching or teaching career. Uh, Maybe they're 60 and they realize that the 21st century athlete is just a little bit different breed. What advice do you have as other people set out to kind of map out their MVP process? Like I didn't even know this thing existed six, seven, eight months ago. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that there was more to what I was doing. I did not know what it was going to look like. Um, and so I think that if, if I could give any advice, it's like be open to change for one. Um, and then on top of being open to change, be open to the criticism and the hard times that will come because you're trying to do the right thing. Um, and again, I talked to Weaver this morning about this at length. Um, could have quit a long time ago. I've wanted to multiple times each week. It doesn't mean that you're going to though. And that doubt, that self-doubt that creeps in um, you got to surround yourself by a good group of people who are reinforcing what is best in you. And again, the best is the standard. Um, it's just one of those things. And so I'll leave with this, um, from a Bible study the other night, there's three things we're called to do in this life, especially if we're given leadership roles, you live in the moment you lead, and then you leave when God says it's time. Um, or when you believe it's time. And I think that those three things, if you can, it, when you live and you're in the moment, no matter what obstacle comes your way, you're able to encounter it and overcome it. When you're leading, you're from a place where you've examined yourself already and you've done the dirty work to where you feel capable of doing so. 
and then when it's time to pass the reins on to somebody else or leave this world, um, you feel comfortable and you don't look back and go, man, that's a regret that I have because, um, and again, this quote, it came from our Bible study on Sunday, talked about how the, the richest place in the world is not somebody's bank account. It's, it's the graveyard because it's full of regrets. It's full of business plans that were unfulfilled. It's full of marriages that failed. It's full. It's all these things that if we would have just stepped on the, on the ledge in faith and done something, we would have left our stamp, but instead we're looking back with regret. So that's not a very itemized list. Um, but I would say that I think that you just got to be willing to take a risk and then see it through. Hey, I love those three things, by the way, like that, that's gold. And the richest place in the, in the world is the graveyard. Yes. I, love I have to be, everything good from tonight has come from somebody else. And that's what I love about <laughs> this whole coaching and leadership journey. There are people who have done something better than you before. And, and that sprinkle you put on it is amazing, but there's no, it's the whole reinvent the wheel thing. It's like, look at all these awesome people that I have, that I get to steal from with permission most of the time. And just they they pour into you. I don't like, I've never met either one of you guys. Like, and I, and John, like, I think the, I mean, it's just so awesome. I, and, and again, I, and I, I, I told Weaver this this morning, but JT, the rare breed podcast with Cade, the three R's, I could, I think you could build a character curriculum based upon each episode that you guys do. Like really, like if you really sat down and took the time on it, I was like, okay, let's add that, you know? <laughs> so yeah. pretty neat. No, I, I appreciate it. And the older I get, the I mean, I read a ton. The, the more we do these podcasts, the more I talk with other people that are like-minded like us. So your three things, the live in the moment, the lead and the leave on God's time. Um, there was, I'm not a religious person at all. So just full disclosure, like that is just not who I am. But there's someone in my life who is kind of a pastor in their uh, non-denominational church. And they talked about survival, success, and significance. And so I can take that 3S pathway, put it right with your live, lead, and leave. You know, the significance is God's calling you home or whatever. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting that the more that I talk to other people who are like-minded, the more things layer on each other. Mm. Yeah. And, and even if you, I don't religious background or not, this stuff matters, right? Like this is, this is making good people. That's it. Like I can sit, you know, with you guys and have this conversation from New Mexico, Iowa, and Mississippi. And we all think the very same thing about what we're supposed to be doing for kids. That's amazing. And it also gives me pause to remember, okay, when these people stink, pardon me, but there are other good people out here trying to do these things for our kids Mm -hmm. and three different regions too, which is just, I don't know. It's so refreshing. I can't even tell you how refreshing this has been. I appreciate you guys very much. Same here. And we talk about we're purple cows. I mean, I don't know if you've read anything on Seth Godin or know who he is as an author, but he talks about purple cows. Like if we see, see a brown cow, it's not anything new. You see a, uh, a black cow with no big deal, but you see a purple cow and they're different. And yeah. Coach Jonathan, just like Weaver and I, you're a purple cow. So uh, people always yeah. fear what they don't understand. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell my wife every time that something goes awry. Hey, honey, I'm a purple cow. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's these two guys. <laughs> so that, that, that's it. That's a little bit of Iowa for you down there in New Mexico. But you bet. Well, look, if you got, yes, if you got 12 minutes, okay. we haven't asked this question in a long time. And uh, okay. It goes back to our carrying trademark. So John Gordon, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, uh, we talk about your carrying trademark. And it what what sets you apart from every other coach? 
So for, I'll give you an example. So Coach Tory, uh, he wears purple shoes. Like anytime he puts a picture and I see purple shoes, I know it's game day either in football or wrestling. I know that. Um, for me, it's, I'm kind of breaking the rule right now, but I wear a red polo on championship days for our track program. Uh, last thing is we both write letters uh, to our to our athletes uh, on game day. So what sets you apart from every other coach in America? Ooh, I know we put you hard. on the spot. <laughs> and, and it can be uh, as big could be as big as what you wear. Could be it could be something you do that like. How do people know you care about where you are? That's yeah. that's the whole point. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do. I don't know. I think I think that um, um, I just think that the the willing the my willingness to step on the out on the ledge in faith with almost reckless abandon has allowed me to get to where I'm at and then also look forward to what could be potentially next. I don't know if that's something that signifies me, but. Yeah, I like my superintendent who I'm currently working for was my superintendent in my first job. It was June 27th of 2013. He he sent an email out. Well, the PE teacher that I that I hired um, decided not to come. Well, he came and then he saw it and said, "I'm not staying here. Who's still interested?" I interviewed the following Monday and then a month later I moved out there sight unseen. So. I don't know. I think that makes me pretty unique. I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere. I was looking up salaries in Alaska the other day. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> my, my wife and I talk about being dreamers all the time. Um, and like, I could look at a job and be like, oh, how much your house is there? Let's do that. That would be great. Let's go here. And, and I think it's like that dreamer in both my wife and I that keep us going. But if I hadn't moved around, people always ask, like, were you a military brat? Like, nope. My dad just we just went all over the place. And I think because of that, I would still do that now. Now, my wife is much more like, hey, I'd love to get somewhere where our kids can go through school and make friends and play sports together. And, and so we've had those conversations. But me personally, it's like, what's next? Like, I almost have an itch for the, the next big thing. Um, I hope it doesn't become a problem later in life. Um, but it's something that we've kind of, my wife's looking at me right now, hopefully with admiration. So we'll see. <laughs> Awesome. No, you're a pioneer. Like yeah. that—that's what you are. You're a pioneer. You're willing to load up the wagon and venture into the great unknown and settle yeah. in on this adventure. And God will provide. Yes. Yes. Coach Johnson, thanks again for joining us in the classroom tonight. It's been refreshing to hear about the MVP process uh, and how you are intentionally building culture with not just the kids in your program, but the coaches that you serve daily. Thank you again for having me on and thank you for diving into both the positives and the negatives and, and the progress. So I appreciate it, guys.